0: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Podbean. We're on all of them. We're also on Dash Radio. You can hear us there every single day, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. on their Nothing But Net channel. Check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel, the highest viewed postgame show. You can find that there. Post Up 5R. You can also find Before Floor. You can find Floors Yours. And coming up this Thursday... We've got our NFL and Dolphins draft special starting at 7:30 PM. A cast of thousands from the Five Reasons Sports Network, including three yards per carry folks, extra yard folks. They're also going to be doing special episodes of the Extra Yard Monday through Wednesday, as we turn things over a lot to our Dolphins crew. Also, FiveReasonsSports.com with the latest stories from Chris, Chase, Brady, Hawk, and others. This episode, like all others has great sponsors. One of those sponsors uh, a friends over at Therapist Preferred. This is a CBD company founded in 2019 by a physical therapist to optimize performance and recovery for active people. Don't worry. It's not going to come up on a drug test 100% THC free and third party lab verified all products are made in the USA with cutting edge technology from organically grown hemp most popular products include the CBD sports cream i got some of that here strawberry lemonade and green apple flavored gummies by the way those are on the way to Alex and Greg as we speak and USDA certified organic tincture free shipping on all orders and 20% off your order if you use the promo code five reasons. Make sure you use the number on that one five and then reasons. Okay. That's real simple. 20% off your order and free shipping. So shop now at therapistpreferred.com or follow on social media at T H R P S T preferred. Therapist preferred for active people by active people. And now today's episode. One,
2: two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Silvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network.
0: All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Hopefully you got a chance to check out the first episode of Full Court Press. That's our new NBA show on the YouTube channel, but we decided to put it here on the podcast feed as well over the weekend. A little bit of a bonus, so make sure you download that. That's with Gad, Ariel, and Marco. Today, our floor plan got the usual crew. We've got Alex Toledo, Follow him at Tropical Blanket. We've got Greg Sylvander. Follow him at Greg Sylvander. And today we're going to talk about Goran Dragic. And we, did, we had a little pre-show conversation. The three of us don't typically do this. We just kind of go. But we've been looking at some Goran Dragic statistics. And this is one of those cases where the eye test is telling us one thing, but the stats didn't necessarily back it up. Now the eye test guys says this, Goran Dragic has not been nearly as effective as he was last year, either in the regular season, but particularly in the bubble. Okay. The regular, the regular season, part of the bubble, but especially the playoffs Goran was great. They don't get to the finals without him. They may have won the finals if he doesn't hurt his foot, Then of course he came back after a very short period of time and which was great for him and great for the team came back for training camp um, and has played a lot, not as much as maybe he has in past years, but has still played a lot being rested in a lot of these back-to-backs. But if you ask most heat fans, Greg, they would say Goran dragons is not playing well this year. Um, He's not been, and we're talking about the offensive end. We know his struggles defensively. Okay. But on the offensive end where he's supposed to give you an advantage, he was a six man of the year candidate last year. And he was terrific, like I said, in the bubble. He's supposed to give you that kind of edge, okay, as a guy getting to the rim consistently, putting pressure on the defense in addition to making those step back threes and just sort of running offense. But I test tells you he's not playing well this year consistently. The stats say something different.
1: Greg, what does the I test tell you? I mean, just overall, I feel like the highs have not been as high um, from a Goran Dragic perspective. Than what we saw, particularly in the bubble, because I feel like uh, Gorn is always consistent and 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 played solid, but there was there was just a little bit of a different. His um, it, just a threat from you know all three levels was just not something that I foresaw before we got into the bubble, and and then you know he did that. I didn't. I don't. I think it was a little unrealistic to maybe think he was going to get to all that stuff throughout the, the this entire season. Um, I, I can't really explain what it is other than just the high impact plays. Like the, there's these down nights where he's basically non-existent scoring six points, three points, things like that. And he's just relied upon in the second unit to create so much that when, when you come up completely empty from him and then with the Tyler stuff that's going on, it's just been a recipe for disaster in that, you know, backcourt.
0: Alex, for you, I and mean, we've talked a lot about turning the corner and getting to the basket. It does not, again, I test, it doesn't seem like he's doing that as much as last year, right?
2: No, yeah, it definitely seems like that. And like you said, we're going through the stats uh, pre-show, and it's just interesting to see, you know, how similar of a profile shooting-wise he has to last season. And it does feel like he's not getting to the rim as much, but I'm looking at it right now, and his percentage of field goal attempts – you know, this regular season to last regular season is higher. Now, the field goal percentage itself is a little bit lower, but his actual, like, percentage of shots that are at, that are twos itself is higher. The percentage of shots that is from zero to three feet is higher. And even from three to ten feet, it's a little bit higher. Never so would have guessed that. That's, it's just a little bit confounding to me looking at this. I think where you really see the inconsistency, and I think, Leif, by the way, that you nailed it. Like, Gor- I mean, Goran and Tyler just have a little bit more lows than I think we saw last year where it feels like the team was consistently having guys, five or six guys in double digits. It feels like we're – and those bench units were really, really good. I think that's where you're really seeing the, the the advanced stats tell you that's where the inconsistency is showing up in the bench units. That the Every time I see somebody post on-off stats for the bench units, for the, whether it's for the season or for a certain stretch, it's always negative. And I think the eye test backs that up too. I think Goran and Tyler are asked to do a lot off the bench. And last year it just worked a lot better when they had Kelly – there and you know instead of precious <laughs> who's this rookie who already. and i'm not just trying to blame it all on him i just think the bench units this year have gotten completely outplayed and i'm i'm definitely surprised by some of these stats that we're talking about here
0: well and you mentioned it um there's really like three different seasons last year right <laughs> there's there was the the pre you know covid season where obviously the team was traveling. That was, playing, it was like playing three years ago, screen. wasn't it? it? Feels like it, right? Um, and then obviously traveling to other markets. And of course, we know what happened with the Heat, that they played, they outperformed expectations wildly for the first like two, two and a half months of the season. And they really struggled going into the break, right? Into the COVID break. And then there was that second part of the season, which was not necessarily those sort of warm-up games, but the eight seeding games that you had in the bubble where Goran was still coming off the bench, okay? And then you had the playoffs, and yet, when you look at all three of those chunks, he's pretty much doing the exact same things from a shot profile standpoint, like you mentioned, Alex, that he was then. It's the same. The, the, the change in his game, and I was stunned by this just looking at it, was from 1819 to 1920. It was from two seasons ago to last season. It's not from last season to this season. And yet last season we were praising him for making all these adjustments, learning how to, you know, again, make more of those step back threes, but also the catch and shoot threes so that he was a six man of the year candidate. And in my view, he should have finished higher in that voting. I mean, they gave it to Montrezl Harrell, who was a seventh man on his own damn team. Okay. And, and so, and yet this year, like, it's not even like, like Alex, you mentioned, there's small drops in terms of the amount of shots he's making from those spots, right? Like, Basically, if you look to where he was his first year in Miami to last year, not to this year, he takes twice as many threes as he did then, roughly 40% of his shots as opposed to 20% of his shots, and he takes half as many shots at the rim. So essentially, he's become a better shooter from three to 16 feet. Okay, that's what the numbers show. He's taking fewer shots from zero to three feet, which obviously are higher percentage shots typically he's making fewer of those there is a drop off from about 70% of 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 the of the shots at the rim he was making last season okay whether it was playoffs or pre-playoffs regular season and then obviously the seeding games to now he's a little over 60%. So that that's the only place guys where there does seem to be a dramatic drop off from last year to this year but it's more number but, the, but the terms of the, yeah but in terms of the number of shots, and I' will go to you in a second, in terms of the number of shots he's taking from that spot, it, it's the same in terms of his overall profile as it was last year. So it's not like he's getting to the rim less, right, Alex?
2: No, that's the thing. I so far just you know' just been looking through basketball reference and Goran's profile, like you said, looking through those three chunks, the, the regular season from last year, the bubble and this regular season. Like there's a lot of similarities and you mentioned one drop off there. I think another one that I noted here is his turnover p- percentage is worse this year by about 6% than uh, last season. And also just, and, and I know this is one that's a little bit tougher for for just, you know, the regular fans, but the, the offensive uh, box plus minus the, the box plus minus, those are uh, big negatives compared to last year. And look, I just think a lot of that has to do with, the bench unit by itself. Like, I think that's kind of the, the story here. Goran's decline to me is so confounding, especially after looking at these stats, because it's like the consensus, right? And I don't think it's like a, I don't think it's unreasonable by any stretch saying that Goran has been declining and that he doesn't get to the rim as much. I, I think he definitely has a lot more lows than he used to have. If it, it felt like he was more consistently playing well. And it feels like now uh, he'll have two or three nights where he just doesn't play that great. And I think that's maybe what's uh, what's turning the perception, but the, the profile is very similar. I, apparently, the only real drop off is the turnover percentage, mm-hmm. and probably well, okay. the defense too. Probably the defense. Well,
0: okay, okay. Well, the defense is is another matter, but but the, the reality is, I mean, Goran has not been a, a particularly good defensive player. I mean, positionally, yes. I mean, he knows what he's doing. But just in terms of foot speed and being able to stay with guys, I mean, that, that's that been a problem for, for multiple years now. Like, that's not new. I, I do want to pivot here, though, a little bit, Greg, to, you know, somebody else we saw kind of age in Miami, and we felt aged pretty well, which was Dwayne Wade, right? So I, I want to look at his profile. I'm actually just calling this up for the first time here. But again, you know, you're talking about Dwayne being, you know, somewhat similar aged, right? I mean, when he came back from Cleveland, he was 36, Okay. And, and i was looking at his so i'm looking right now and i i am looking at it for the first time okay just to be fair here but if you look at at his his shoot his shot profile okay late in his career when he was at his apex okay so what are we talking about the 08, 09, nine, ten seasons is that fair greg would that yeah be, would, okay. yeah
1: that i mean i think statistically for sure
0: okay now now if you look at it, his first year his first year as a rookie his first two seasons, and obviously his second season was brilliant, well, the 0405 4 5 season, and that was really his breakout. But his first two seasons, Dwayne shot 48% of his shots at the rim within three <laughs> feet, okay? 44% in his second season. We know that the three was never a big part of his arsenal, right? If you look at his last two seasons in Miami, 28% at the rim in his when he came from Cleveland and played the half season or less than half a season and then his last his farewell tour 25% of his shots at the rim so essentially roughly half of what he did as a rookie um, and down quite a bit to 0809 he was 34% of his shots were at the rim and 0910 and 1011 10, when he was still kind of at his peak before the knee injury really hit he was at 37% of his shots at the rim so he had a decline, and obviously he even mixed in some threes. 27% of his shots his last season were from three, which was always a bad idea. Um, but but the reality is, I mean, we see it with all players. They, they get fewer shots at the rim when they get older, even someone like Dwayne. I, I think what, what is sticking out with Goran right now is that is that we used to see from him that sort of burst, right? Like, yeah, you know. The first step. The first step, and the first step... Is not there consistently, and even the one really great game he had this year was was against Chicago, right? We had the twenty in the fourth. Yeah, it, it was all stepbacks. It was nothing was in the lane, nothing was at the rim. Um, but but again, I'm confounded by the numbers
1: because, but the numbers I, I think, say
0: he's the same damn player as he was in the bubble.
1: I know. I ju- I just hope that going into this summer, because you know, I'm always gonna head in this direction from a transaction perspective, like the balloon payment, $19 million. Thank you, Goran. We want you here to close out your career, but please take the biannual exception. Like I don't even really think the mid-level exception is the right offer for him. I think that, um, that that's where he would fit best, especially if they plan on retaining none. And and
0: here's the thing about that. I want to look at, I want to look at nun's profile by the way, because I think it's worth, I, I'm glad you mentioned him. I want to look at that compared to Goran, but, let me ask this question Alex because obviously we are sentimental about Goran. Everybody wants Goran to finish his career here after Dwayne, fin- you know, almost didn't and then did. You want Goran to follow a, a you know a different path there where he doesn't have to leave. Obviously he was with other places before he came to Miami. But is this a fair question? Like if, if Goran Dragic if it's mid mid level exception or bust with him, okay? If you're talking at least 9 or 10 million dollars a year. I never thought I'd ask this. Is it even worth it?
2: For two years. I think that's a fair question to ask now. And I've pretty much always been positive about Goran. And I'm it's kind of, it's upsetting that we're having this conversation like so soon after what he did last year and not even, it was bare, It was not a year ago. That was in October, wasn't it? And Do I have that right? Like, yeah. I feel like I've lost track of yeah. time, but. Yeah, that's when he got hurt. Yeah, exactly. And, and obviously, and we know that context, he got hurt and then he had the short turnaround and then there's been other stuff that's been bothering him this season as well. That's been adding to it, and it just sucks. Like how quickly it turned. Because again, even though it, it doesn't feel like you know through the quick looking at the numbers that we've that we've done that there's been a huge drop off from this season to last season. I I can't get myself to actually feel that way. Like I, I know what I'm watching. <laughs> I've got to enough of these games. We've all watched all of these games, and the impact is not there on the same level. And he's definitely having a lot more of these lower nights, I think it's fair to wonder if it's worth paying him the mid-level. I I w- I would like to keep him. even it's a tough conversation to have though, because it's like, you're going to have a bunch of guards and in- this show is sponsored by better help. What's the first thing you do. If you had an extra
0: hour in your day, go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami heat game. I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what, if time was unlimited, Flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with help BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/MiamiHeat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp hel miami miamiheat And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
2: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The mix. We know that they're going to be in the mix. You know, it's the the, the worst kept secret that they're going to be in the mix for Kyle Lowry in the offseason. They're they're probably going to want to try to keep Depot at a fair price too. Uh, Kendrick is looking good. Tyler is looking good. What is going to happen with Goron? and how are you going to pay him double digit money. And also if you're going to try to do everything else that you want to do. Uh,
0: and there's the other factor, Alex, is that, you know, I've been basically been told like Goran's here as long as Jimmy's here. And that's a, that's another difficult
2: conversation. Yeah. And I, I do that. think they should keep him. I just think it's going to get a little bit tough because of their mm-hmm. ambitions.
0: Let's get to the Kendrick Nunn numbers before we get to the break. OK, um, I'm looking at these just uh, again, because they have a lot of guards. Okay. Like if all the mm-hmm. ever gets back and that's conversation we're going to have after the break, they have a lot of guards and we know that Dragic and Nunn don't play all that well together. We know that Dragic and hero are struggling to play well together. You look at nuns numbers right now. Okay. 23% of his shots at the rim, roughly the same as Dragic, by the way, 50% of his shots from three. So an even higher percentage from three. Okay. That's actually a profile you want for a guard. I mean, 70, 2% of his shots are either at the rim or from three. Okay. For all the talk about how Kendrick sort of became a mid range assassin last year, he he's only taking, I mean, 12% of his shots from three to 10 feet, but only, only, only points he's shooting like less than 10%, only 7% of his shots are from 10 to 16 feet and 7% of his shots from 16 feet to the three point line. So only 15% of his shots are coming from basically that mid range to sort of, you know, just inside the three point line area. And yet, but you look at his numbers, he's shooting 71% from the rim. So it's higher than Goran. He's shooting 38% now from three higher than Goran. Okay. He's actually higher than Goran from all, but one of the five categories. And I do think Greg, like when we talk about
1: who you're going to pay, that's who gets the mid-level money. I mean, it, right. it just has to be
0: right i mean i i mean especially mm. if def, especially if defensively
1: or neither or neither right. but if it's goren or kendrick i just don't <laughs> see how you justify that i mean unless jimmy's going to you know pound the table and say goren um but you know maybe with bird rights they can get um you know, Andy can get creative, but I just I don't like the idea of going deep into the luxury tax to continue mm. to to pay out balloon payments to Goran Dragic. And that's part of why this run is so weird. It's like a weird place to be because emotionally I want Dragic to be awesome. But there's also a part of me that's like, if he comes out and averages 22 a game in the playoffs, are we really going to sign ourselves up for a three year, 20 million per kind of deal to send him off, to, you know, off into the sunset like that doesn't sound great either
0: yeah there, there's look there's a lot of post-traumatic stress about deals that the heat have given out before there's also post traumatic stress huh? about deals they haven't given out i you know maybe maybe it's a situation where it's a one-year deal and then a team option simply so that he's tradable in that last year i mean i you know they've done that before we obviously with Aguadala and others um you know that maybe they look at that direction but i i I think what we've uncovered here is, A, the eye tests and the numbers don't really match up. So maybe it's not quite as bad as we think. But at the same time, when you compare the profile to Kendrick Nunn, Kendrick Nunn has the kind of profile, and he's eight years younger, that you actually want in a guard from a shooting perspective these days. And so I, I the think The only thing
2: I think Goran has over him and that does match eye tests with stats is the playmaking. Like, uh, Goron's assist yeah. percentage is regularly double digit percentage higher than, than Kendrick. And I know Kendrick has only played two seasons, but Mm. even in these last two seasons, it's around 10% higher than assist percentage. So
1: this whole conversation feels dirty. It, it does. does.
2: So let so but let's I think Kendrick is, is more of a of a of a play finisher, right? Like I don't think they look at Kendrick in the same way that they do Goron and of like the role, right? Where like they're not having Kendrick a, run the pick and roll.
0: Alex Goron was a play finisher in a lot of ways. That that's the thing. Like I understand it that he's more of a set up the offense and kind of get you going. But also the reality is Gordon was
2: never a traditional point guard. I mean, even when he's supposed game, to be a little bit of both. I just think Kendrick doesn't really have that hybrid game. Like they look at him more as like, no, he's a great, he's been a very, very, very good shooter. Like he's been their second best shooter pretty much for most, most of the season. Now, like I know he's had his ups and downs, but you know, other people were were posting about it. I can't remember who, and you know, he's pretty much been their second best three point shooter behind Duncan all season. And especially now that Kelly's gone, who also had his ups and downs, but Kendrick has been a better shooter than Goron and Tyler this season, just as far as spot-up shooting and and I think even pull-up three shooting. I think he's been more more reliable there.
0: Here's my thing on this, um, and we're going to switch subjects here in a second. You said he's been a better shooter. I'd make the argument he's been a better player than either of them. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about the schedule, where this thing goes uh, this week, and also Victor Oladipo. Before we do, though, the only thing better than cheering on your Miami Heat, Dolphins, or Canes is doing it with your favorite wings. Miami Grill has got you covered. Bring home a platter of your faves to share for the game tonight, just how you like them, crispy, grilled, naked, or boneless, and sauce to perfection with one of three new sauces, mango habanero, honey garlic, and Nashville hot. If you can't decide, get them all delivered with a catering order. We're going to have it. Uh, Thursday for our dolphins draft show. There's more than just wings too. order for the whole family, with cheesesteaks, gyros, burgers, and more order online or in person, pickup drive through drive-in, excuse me, dine-in and delivery available at all locations. I got a couple right here near me in Fort Lauderdale, visit mymiamigrill.com. That's mymiamigrill.com for more details or download the app Miami grill. If you're craving it, they're making it. All right, let's get to Victor Oladipo here real quick. Um, because so much of this, what we're talking about with non hero and dragic, we keep hitting the same topics here, but I mean, this all becomes an issue when all returns, if he returns, um, I, you know, I, I don't think anybody really knows what the hell's going on right now because Vic, you know, is essentially using his Instagram, uh, in a way that say I would use my Instagram. It doesn't seem to be anything about basketball. It's all, it's about everything else that I think he fans are, he fans are looking for signals and there's just nothing there. Um, Greg, can you shed any light, though, on this
1: at all? I mean, the the only uh, the only thing that I've heard recently is that he's back on the basketball court. So I, I, I don't know in what capacity and how much around the team that is, but um, that was the latest that I heard. And to me, that felt like progress. I don't get the sense that he's going to sit out the rest of the regular season and this is some kind of Dion, you know, or Justice Winslow type deal. Like, I I, I really think he's he has intent to play. And I think it'll be sooner rather than later, but it, it is a little weird that, um that one, we don't get any updates or anything like that. It's really uh, completely quiet. And, and here's the funny part. Like the media knows that the team's going to shut it down. So now that like they don't even ask for updates anymore. No, no.
0: Well, because you know, you're not getting anything. I mean, Ira and I talked to Ira about this when we did the show together on Onside, and i He's asked the question, 12 different ways to try to get an answer, knowing that Schultz is <laughs> just, just going to keep saying there's no new update. And, and I have said that the reason that they do that is when it it's tip, is typically when it's either a pain tolerance or sort of prevention issue on the part of the player, because they don't yep. want to put the player in a box. And so they're they very does dis- not have a
2: timeline. Are they just telling the truth on that?
0: I mean, well, it's I mean, really Jake don't have, have a, timeline.
1: a timeline in mind, but they, initially, you know, yeah. I mean, I but, don't know how how much that stuff's changing, and you know, we're obviously not privy to all that. But initially, there was like a big a question mark around the timeline.
2: Yeah,
0: and and as as we look at it right now, I mean, I don't think he can be counted on, but I also don't think he can be counted out. So I, I think everybody wants answers, but we don't really have. But let's look at the schedule here as we go forward. And, you know, look, the heat dropping that game to Atlanta was pretty horrific in terms of you know, how that plays out. I mean, I, Greg, you missed almost that lost t- me. Yeah. I mean, Greg, you, you, uh, you missed that one, but you know, Alex and I hammered them on that one, but let let's get into the standings here sort of as, as it is, you know, as much as we talk about how the heat haven't played with the kind of fire as they did last season, neither is Boston. <laughs> And and we saw that again today. I mean, they, they lost the game. They had no business losing to Charlotte, and not only they weren't even really competitive, doing it.
2: Um, I mean, well, Toronto's like not, barely a playing team,
0: right? Well, t- take a look at at where we are right now. I mean, the Knicks, and this is we're waiting right now for a result on the Bucks Hawks game. Okay, but I think we have an idea where that one might go, but. I mean, right now the Knicks are, you know, there are a full two games up on the Celtics and the Heat for the four spot. And I know the Heat have the tiebreaker. But the Knicks have that brutal schedule that's coming up. But they've also won nine in a row, so they've built confidence here. I mean, if I was to say to you, which of these three teams drops out to the point that the Heat can pass them? Who's going to be the easiest to pass? Is it the Knicks, the Hawks, or or at this point the
2: Celtics, who the Heat actually finished the day tied with? I think the Hawks. I think uh, between, I know Trey Young, uh, you know, apparently he's going to be back sooner than later. But for some reason, they just feel like the team that's, I mean, the Knicks are really hot right now and they're just really, really good on defense. They have one very, very good player, like Julius Randle took a very serious leap this season. And, you know, RJ Barrett is even hitting threes now. They just look like a solid team. The Hawks look solid too, but for some reason, they just feel a little bit softer to me. Like they're definitely not as good on defense. And it feels like, although they have, uh, you know, a good amount of weapons, they feel a little bit more up and down to me. I feel like that's the team that the Heat would pass, and honestly, it doesn't even matter. Like they just need to get into that four or five range.
1: Yeah, like this is what it boils down to. They they got they, the three game home stand comes to an end this week with Chicago and San Antonio. I think both of those games they can get San Antonio though is going to be one where I think because uh, they're playing for positioning themselves. So I would watch that game, especially with Miami kind of, um, you know, drubbing them in San Antonio recently. And then they have the back-to-back at Cleveland, at Charlotte. We know Charlotte's been, you know, unconscious. And that that's basically the week for Miami. And to me, this is all pointing to one thing. When they got the back-to-back, or it's actually not a back-to-back, but the uh, two-game stint with Boston, that's what's going to decide whether they're in the plane or they're not.
0: And getting in the plan now, or falling into the plan, to me looks dangerous as hell. And here's why. Okay. I don't think that the Heat want to see the Washington Wizards in a play-in situation. Oh, wow. Just
1: all of that. Like, it's not. Right? I, th- no. they've, they've acted above that kind of, the, above the fray from that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And for them to all of a sudden be in that muddy water, I, I just don't think that that's like it will finally hit them like, oh, shit, this is not working out the way we expected.
0: Well, I mean, Alex, I mean, they, they need the break. A- Alex, the, the Wizards have won seven in a row. And and here's the thing about the Wizards. If you look at their their profile this year, they've played up to good competition. They're this year, th- this, they have a crazy conference dynamic. The Wizards are 9 and 23 against the East. Okay. They're 17 and 10 against the West. They have one of the best records against the West of any of the teams in the East right now. And I'm I, look do you trust this heat team against Beal and Westbrook in a one game situation? I don't. Do you, do you really want to see that?
1: I mean, you know what, this is such a weird team because of like what we witnessed last uh, you know, with the run and everything and with Jimmy and bam. And there's just always this in the back of my mind. And maybe this is like the sickness that comes with being a, a, a lifelong heat fan is that there's just a part of me that feels like, you know what, they actually do have a shot. They, there is a path, and and I think with a lot of other teams, you eventually move off that position. And it's hard for me to get there. That Atlanta loss kind of nudged me in that direction. But like this is one of those seasons where I think they could absolutely lose at any moment. But the sickness will continue. I still think they got a shot. I just I, I can't count them out. I, I, I actually, I,
0: I agree with a tweet that was sent to me. A couple days ago, which was that this fan trusts the Heat more in a playoff series than a play in game. Oh, that, man. I mean, that's fair, though. It makes right?
2: sense. It makes sense. I, On a game-to-game game basis, they're so up and down that it's right. like, oh, my God. Very true. Fantastic.
0: Right. Like, I, they could, I, I, Greg, that's why I sort of see what you're saying. I could, see, I don't think this team's going to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I could see them going to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I could also see them getting bounced in the play in. I absolutely, there's to some team that they shouldn't get bounced against, and that kind of team is the Washington Wizards. Like, I just, I don't like that. If it ends like that,
1: okay? Oh gosh, the Beetle to Miami Joe. Oh my Goodness. god! You,
0: I mean, we're gonna start talking about you know, you know, can, can they pry Bam away from the Heat instead of yeah, the Warriors? Yeah, Tib's
1: gonna get Jimmy to go to New York. Oh yes. my god!
2: Stop it! Stop I, it! Stop! I, it. Okay, I'm we've just, gone too. We've gone way too deep on the other end. now. <laughs> the Heat are I mean, not losing to the Wizards in the playing game. It will be a failure to get there. No excuses. They they've been acting like they said they've been acting above it all kind of all season, even though I, I know they try, but they should be above it. They were in the damn finals last year. So I understand why they kind of walk around that way. But to me, the team is the Hornets, man. Like if they get LaMelo and Hayward back healthy, you do you do not want to face them in the play-in on a small sample size like that. Like the, the Hornets just have a bunch of guards who can make the heat defense scramble. But Damn, would have to
1: guard Malik Monk like right from the onset oh, no. of the game.
2: Oh, God. I caused no. all that.
0: I called out Malik Monk. He's been unconscious against the Heat ever since. Look, I like I said, the Wizards are nine and one in their last ten. Um, they, I'm have, not buying it. They've got the best backcourt in the Eastern Conference right now. I, I, oh my God. You, you may not, you may not want to buy it, but I don't want old podcast I, is just hurting me physically. I, I apologize. <laughs> all right. Well, if you're hurting for money, go to PrizePicks.com. Make sure. Any guard that's playing against the Heat, you go over. Uh, prizepicks.com. Use the code five. Get yourself a bonus. But I just want to say one thing about that. Did you get burned on this tonight too, Greg? Because I did, and I think Dave Eversall did. Dame Lillard. Oh my gosh! Five. Right, he killed three. me tonight. Point three. Point three. And this was after Jimmy with the extra turnover killed me the night before. And Lillard went, what, nine of 27 from the field today. He goes 10 of 27 from the field or has one more assist, one fewer turnover. I would have hit that whole thing, the three three for one there, um, but ended up missing it. But anyway, check it out on prizepicks.com. Certainly makes stuff more interesting. Use the code five. Um, We will be back after the games. Every night, every, every time they play this week. They got a Monday, they got a Wednesday, and they got a Saturday. So check us out there. And, of course, check out our Dolphins coverage. Have a good night.